0: Jesus Jesus is enough. And that, my friends, was in Basque. Wow. I don't know where that is, but it is on this spinning ball that we call Planet <laughs> Earth that you and I are both on, and we are together here on Grace Walk Radio. Welcome to my co-host, Caleb Berg. I'm your host, Derek Lewandowski. Welcome, Caleb. Howdy. Apparently uh, uh, we actually just had to redo this because I... <laughs> I, I we already started the show, but I I used the one I used last week, which was Bangla. So I just didn't remember that I'd already <laughs> said it in Bangla. So that now we've said it in Basque. Where's Basque? That that's a good question.
1: You know, I I, I don't know. <laughs> if you're listening from a place that speaks Basque, I don't know. Maybe is it called is the country Basque? I mean, the language is Basque. Maybe they speak that in a different. I don't know.
0: I don't know, but you know what. It, it's just a reminder of how awesome Jesus is, yeah. because you know He said, This gospel shall be preached to all nations. That word nations is ethnos, meaning ethnic groups. This gospel is going to go forward to every pocket, every corner of the world, uh, including the Basque people. Mm-hmm. And um, we rejoice that there's a day coming when, in spite of all that we see going on in society, and uh, in the world today, Jesus will make all things new and uh, the nations will worship him together. And we rejoice at that. Amen. So um, we are continuing our uh, podcast series. What did we learn from the quarantine, the COVID 19 um, restriction, social distancing period? We don't want to waste that classroom. And, you know, uh, last week we talked about uh, church gatherings and how mm-hmm. uh, I think a new. Appreciation and esteem. Sometimes it's one of those uh, don't know what you got till it's gone things. And, and uh, you know, I think we all miss gathering and it's been a, such a blessing these last few weeks as we've been able to gather again. Amen. So uh, we talked about that uh, a few weeks ago. We talked about just kind of a, a flyover overview of a number of things that, um, you know, we've been taking away from uh, this, this whole experience that we've been going through as a culture. Uh, today, we want to talk about this idea that legalism can come from anywhere. Um, that's been a big takeaway for me, uh, and just the idea that legalism runs deep. It'll pop up uh, from just about any crisis or issue or situation yeah. that uh, you know we face as a society. You'll see immediately two sides, and then you'll see we're the good guys or the bad guys, uh, and then, of course... Each side feels that they're superior to the other. And, and then it creeps into the church, and, um, you know, you see the church, you know, start to divide over sometimes, you know, n- not to say that they're not important issues, um, but sometimes we can become petty in the important issues yeah. and, um, and and not keep the gospel in view. Yeah. And, you know, just a reminder, the mission of this program is to talk about the gospel and belief and practice and to talk about how to live under grace in a modern world. And um, uh, boy, there's some issues right now that I think we're facing in society that this quarantine have brought up or that have happened during the quarantine period um, that have raised a number of polarizing issues that the church really needs. We need to keep the gospel close and stand near the cross because, uh, like I said last Sunday, you can't be arrogant um, or condemned when you stand near the cross, because uh, Jesus outed us. Um, mm. We're saved through his <coughs> grace, uh, which means that I can't be condemned when I see the beautiful love and sacrifice that was given for me. And I can't be arrogant either when I see that I was so bad and I was so wicked that I needed the Son of God himself to come die for me. So we have to keep the gospel close. And, and uh, I don't know what you've seen, Caleb, but um, it just seems like it's, it's toxic, you know, especially you go on social media – and you just see just so much arrogance and anger and outrage and legalism and superiority and and accusation and you know it's it's uh it's it's hard to look at sometimes.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I uh <laughs> I don't want to chase this rabbit too far, but in James chapter 3 uh James actually talks about earthly wisdom versus godly wisdom. So, godly wisdom is from above. It's pure. It's it's undefiled. It's peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and sincere. Whereas earthly wisdom comes from bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. And I think what you see a lot with these type of things, especially legalism, people telling you their way or the highway uh, on on social media or wherever with uh, you know the topic at hand is is this bitter jealousy. And you might hear that and go, well, I'm, not, I'm not a jealous person. I'm not looking at somebody else and saying, I want that. Well, this definition might help you a little bit better. J.A. Motyer says of bitter jealousy, it's a sharpness of spirit in personal relationships, an over-concern for one's own position, dignity, or rights. A sharpness of self-interest that easily leads into the formation of parties and cliques. Mm. What we're seeing... You know, when when we respond in a certain way to different events, you know, the the legalism that we're talking about, whether it's the virus is a hoax or the virus is the most deadly thing on earth, anti-mask, pro-mask, whatever the feeling, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, throw in whatever you want. We're seeing somebody who is having a sharpness of spirit and over-concern for my rights, for my thoughts, for my position, I mean that definition steps on some toes. <laughs>
0: yeah, it sure does. And you know, Colossians two eighteen says that you know the le- legalism causes one to be inflated. I'm quoting now, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind. Um, you know that's that's
1: yeah.
0: What that's how the Pharisees were, and you know, and I, I just oh, yeah. posted this last week. I I, I preached it last Sunday. <clears throat> Legalists killed Christ. Legalism. Kills Christ in you. Mm. Legalism kills the spirit of Christ in you. It kills that love. It kills that grace. It kills that mercy, and it becomes us and them. I'm yeah. the good guy. They're the bad guy. I'm the hero. They're the villain. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm superior. You're inferior, and it, it creates this uh, this division um, between two people, two groups, two factions. Uh, it happens in churches, it happens in communities, it happens in society. Um, it destroys relationships, it destroys families, it destroys churches, it, destroys, uh, it can destroy businesses, it can destroy Absolutely. teams. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the greatest threats that churches have today uh, is legalism. I think yeah. one of the greatest threats society has today is, is legalism that runs so deep because it is in our nature to do it, yeah. and the
1: only answer is the gospel of radical Christian grace. I think part of the problem comes when you start talking about this, and maybe some people listening to this right now are thinking this, they hear that, they hear legalism, and they go, yeah, that's those other guys. (laughs) You know, because the immediate response to legalism, uh, because of what so much of the church has preached um, over the centuries, is, well, that's those Pharisees that killed Christ, Mm -hmm. and I would never do that. Uh, I'm not legalistic. I don't believe that, you know, doing penance will save me, or I don't believe that I can earn salvation. So, I'm not a legalist. And at the same time, you'll see this type of infighting in the church, you'll see this type of uh, dependency on self for sanctification, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. just, you know, I don't know, kind of that lackadaisical living where it's like, well, I go to church, so I'm fine. You know, I'm not like those other guys.
0: Well, that's our nature. And um, if, by the way, if you want some some deep uh, discussion uh, and definitions of legalism, we did like a two- or three-part yeah. series on this a couple months ago. You can go back and listen to that. Um, but I'll just say that it, when it comes to legalism, uh, it's not the right response to go, oh, yeah, I guess some people are legalistic. No, we all are. Yeah. You might even interpret Romans 3.23, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All are legalists. Okay and fall short of the glory of God.
1: Um you got a I got a quote for the day. Uh Marshall Siegel, Seigal, I don't know, Siegel. Uh, wrote uh an article for Desiring God and he says, "We are all born legalists, but we are made into Pharisees." Yeah.
0: So it's it's our nature. It, there's an inertia inside of us that that wants to um feel like you know, we've Achieve something that others haven't. We've found something others Mm -hmm. haven't. And by the way, you can even be legalistic about the fact that you're not legalistic. Like That's why we talked about that (laughs) in our podcast a few months ago. That's one of the levels of legalism is when you finally understand grace and you're like, yeah, I got it. I'm not a legalist anymore. And then you become really arrogant and, and yeah. self-righteous about the fact that you're not a legalist. <laughs> it's, it's it's so deep in us. It's it's so our nature that we actually become legalistic about not being legalistic. Yeah. So, you know, during this quarantine, you know, we've had a number of issues that have played out, you know, on social media, played out in the in the media um in and out of the church. You already mentioned um you know, the whole idea of of masks, you know, it's something we've had to face in our own fellowship here. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got those who I uh, think we sh- we should be practicing um, the utmost of safety restrictions and wearing masks, and then there are those who feel like, "Oh, this thing isn't even really a threat it's this thing's a joke, I'm not going to wear a mask, and um, uh, you know some there's been some some tension over that, you know, even in our own body. Um, then you have the the origin of the virus. Is this real? Is this a big you know? Is this a conspiracy? This summer, <laughs> the virus of Hunyang—I oh, I don't know if I have the name of that town right. Wuhan, <laughs> the virus of Wuhan, rated R. Um, you know, you have that. <laughs> some think you know this is this is the worst thing that, to hit the world since 1918, and some are like this is a a politically uh, motivated um, intentional conspiracy that, you know, to try to take down, uh, you know, the conservative Republican leadership. So you have, you have people on both sides of that issue and then add to that, the George Floyd murder and, and how we respond to that. And, uh, you know, you have those who like you and I, who have tried to reach out and show understanding and love and solidarity, uh, and then there are those who think that uh it's all uh a, a far left political agenda it's all cultural marxism and if you show any solidarity or love or grace to your you know black brothers and sisters then you are a marxist it, 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 so they they politicize compassion yeah you know um uh, but on the other side You know, there are those who are are rightly concerned about, I think, the Black Lives Matters movement. And, you know, there's a difference between saying Black Lives Matters, which is biblical and not controversial, and supporting a movement that has an ideology that is openly hostile toward the Christian worldview. So I I understand that side of it, but there's two sides of that, and and people become extreme (laughs) on that. And then the political issues surrounding all of this, and uh, the coming elections, and I mean, it's like... It's we, nauseating. It's nauseating, and if we don't keep the gospel close to us, we we will not be able to survive as God's people. Uh, we will not be able to love one another um, if 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 our love is based on any of those secondary, um, non-essential, <laughs> yeah. um, not center of our faith things. Yeah, um, the only thing that brings us together is Christ and, exactly. and our faith in him. And, and that's why churches should be some of the most diverse places in the world. They should be the most diverse places in the world because we don't gather around our race or our affinities or our even our political parties. We gather around Christ. And because of that, um, we, we should be able to love one another in spite of our socioeconomic ethnic differences
1: because Jesus unites us. Yeah, a couple things. Like, what, what that does is we're taking things that are either minor issues or major issues and making them primary issues. Yeah. What is the primary issue for a believer, a primary issue for the church? There's only one. And Paul tells it to us in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, for I delivered to you as of first importance. Say that again. For I delivered to you as a first, first importance i want to do that i wanted to do that in hip, hip-hop way <laughs> to like double it we'll, we'll fix that in post <laughs> <laughs> but we've made things like politics and and the origin of the virus and mm-hmm. whether you mask or don't mask mm-hmm. whether this will step on some toes whether you vax or don't vax yeah. primary mm-hmm. issues of faith That's right. and that is wrong that is legalism yeah. That's what we're saying. The gospel is primary importance. The gospel, that Jesus Christ died and rose again. He did this for your sin, to purchase your salvation. That is primary. Romans 14.
0: Uh, You know, I'm actually teaching on this this Sunday, and one of the things I'm going to say is, if you just read through Romans 14, like, I I almost don't even need to exegete it. Yeah. Like, it's that clear. Uh, It's just different issues. It's, you know, their issues weren't... uh, racial tension and masking and origin of the virus and politics and their issues were food sacrifice to idols and and set in the keeping of Sabbaths and other things. But I'll just read a piece of Romans 14. Paul says, as for the one whose faith, who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Hello, America. Hello, American (laughs) Western Church. I will say that again. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions, one person believes he may eat anything, while another, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind, the one who observes a day, observes it in honor of the Lord, the one who eats, eats it in honor of the Lord, uh, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, uh, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. I could go on. I mean, it's so clear. Just read Romans 14 on your own. Um, The whole idea is that there are matters that are left up to liberty and conscience because the scriptures do not give a clear command. And in those areas, we are not to add them to the center of the gospel in a way that makes them issues of sin and righteousness to the point where we're either adding them to salvation or fellowship or acceptance or approval in any way. Uh, We leave them outside of the center of the gospel. and So we, we keep the center of the gospel, which tells us we're justified by faith in Christ alone. We keep the center of the gospel pure from extra biblical excess, and all these areas would be in that category. All these areas we're talking about could be in that category. For them, it was eating food sacrificed to idols, and you could hear the argument. You know, one Christian would say, "I can't eat a food that I can't eat food that was sacrificed to Dagon, the demon god. Hmm. I can't do that." And you know, and then there'd be other Christians who'd go, "Yeah, I totally, I, I could see that. I'm, I'm not going to eat that food either. That yeah. was that was pagan worship." And then you'd have another Christian go, uh, but God made the meat. And Dagon's not really real. <laughs> yeah, so if I pray, God can sanctify it. And you had Christians going, you're participating in yeah. demon worship. Um, and then you had other Christians, the ones who were partaking, looking at the Christians who weren't partaking and going, yeah, well, you're legalists and we're not. Mm-hmm. And so there was this division in the church, and Paul is saying, you are not to hold your brother in contempt. Don't quarrel over opinions. He stands or falls before God. What you do, do in accordance with your faith, and anything that does not come from faith is sin. And don't underestimate God's ability to sanctify something. So we have to remember the gospel in these ways, and that uh, Christ uh, has freed us from being under law. And because we're free from being under law, we don't judge each other according to the law unless there's a clear command given by uh, the gospel in, a, in these certain areas, then we have liberty uh, to follow our consciences that are being trained and led by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and we are to love one another in spite of our differences in these areas and gather around Jesus and the
1: gospel, not gather around our preferences. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the preferences go, there are going to be things that, as believers, we don't fit neatly into a clear cookie-cutter box. There are going to be times, as a believer, where you're going to, you know, just speaking of politics for a moment, you're going to come off more liberal than your conservative friends are. There's going to be times that you come off far more conservative when it comes to things about the rights for the unborn. You're going to sound like the most conservative person Mm -hmm. there is. There's going to be times that you don't fit in nicely with Republicanism or Democratism. Right. Uh, you just don't fit those boxes. And we need to be careful with our allegiances to those things. And <clears throat> right. you know, we did do a podcast on politics, so go reference that for more yep. information. But our allegiance is to Christ. Right. And our kingdom is not of this world. We're just aliens passing through. So if you fight and die on the hill of I'm a card-carrying Republican, you're dying on the wrong hill. Yep. You know that, as well, is not a primary issue right and and we so quickly turn those things into legalism and honestly, I think we would probably all do better with a little social media break for a little while but <laughs> <laughs> well and, and let 's remember the primary law
0: of the Christian is love, yeah Jesus affirmed it in matthew twenty two Jesus also said it in the Gospel of John, a new command, "I give you love one another paul the apostles reaffirmed it constantly. In their writings, uh, in Romans 14, Paul says uh, in one part of that text, you're not walking in love. And so the goal of the Christian is to walk in love, and that is why. What you just said is absolutely true. There are times when, if you walk in love, you will look like a liberal to a conservative, and there's sometimes you're going to look like a conservative to a liberal. Because if you're a conservative and you're standing against something that you believe is self-destructive and will lead someone into uh, destruction or damnation, you're going to, in love, stand against that, and so you're going to look very conservative to a a liberal, and they're going to call you a big meanie. But at the same time, if you see a weeping uh, black brother or sister uh, who's weeping over the George Floyd murder, and you walk out in the street and put your arm around them, and you love on them, and you stand with them, and you say, <clears throat> you know, I, I value you. I love you. I, th- you know, I, I agree that justice needs to be served. Then a conservative is going to look and go, oh, what, what are, you, are you giving in to the far-left agenda of, of uh, the Black Lives Matters movement? Or You, you see, so what are you doing? In both cases, you're loving. Yeah. And so if you're primary focus is your <clears throat> political party or your opinion or your preference on how you view a certain thing and love is not primary, then you will not understand a Christian who's acting
1: in a way that they believe is consistent with the love of Christ. Yeah. And Jesus did this. When Jesus was here on earth, <clears throat> some of his followers were zealots. They would be your far right political French. But he also called Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector. Yeah. So, I'm not saying he's politically left, but a tax collector was paid by Rome. Turncoat. He was a turncoat. <clears throat> Excuse me. And later on, we see Peter ask, you know, do we pay taxes? You know, I'm paraphrasing here. Caleb translation. And Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, whose face is on that coin? Well, it's it's Caesar." He says, rendered to Caesar, what is Caesar's? That would have been a slap in the face to all Jewish political mm-hmm. movements that were around at the day, whether you were far-right zealots or, you know, whatever spectrum they had back then. They would have all said, whoa, 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 you need to slow down because that is anti-Israel. Mm-hmm. That is anti-Jew. You need to stop that. Jesus said that. Mm-hmm. He stepped outside of the political box with with love reaching into the political box to say you can you can render to caesar what is his because ultimately everything is mine anyways so you can you can kind of float above the political spectrum in in a way because you're not of this political spectrum you're not of this world Yes, you live in it, and you have flesh and bones and all that good stuff, but you are a child of God. You are part of that heavenly kingdom, so you can kind of float above the politics a little bit and, and love as Jesus would love.
0: Amen. God is not an American. God is not a Democrat or a Republican. <laughs> Jesus wasn't white. Okay, let's just get these things yeah. <laughs> settled. Um, uh, he, he lives outside of our time. He speaks... To us and to our culture and to our society and to his church, uh, the ancient one, the ancient voice, the ancient truths from outside of our time and our culture, um, and yet it's there's nothing more relevant than the gospel, and Amen. it's exactly what we need to bring our churches together, and it's exactly what our society needs. Every, we know what everybody wants. They want the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And the only way that's possible is through repentance and faith in Christ. So, Amen. Just a reminder today, thanks for listening, just a reminder. Jesus is enough. We love you. We're praying for you. Uh, we're praying for our society and culture and the church, uh, and uh, welcome you to join us in that. So let's do that right now. Father, we pray uh, for a, a spiritual renewal in churches and among Christians, Lord, in the centrality of the gospel, in the supremacy of Christ and in the authority of your word, and in the power of the cross at work in us. Father, I pray it would bring uh, churches together, it would bring God's people together, and it would help us to radically love with radical grace a culture, Lord, that is not only um, running away from God, but hostile toward those who seek to know you. Lord, that you would help the church to regain credibility as a group of people that know how to love. And um, we just pray that you would do that by your spirit and let your gospel go to the deep places of our heart. You're the bread of life, so help us to take you in uh, like we would bread, to take you and your word into our hearts and let it move around uh, in, our, in our spiritual bodies, Lord, in our, in our hearts. Lord, until we love, serve, and walk like Christ. We thank you for this time and this talk. In Jesus' name we pray i uh-huh.